We all want to belong. As humans, we are hardwired to belong. But what are we talking about when we talk about belonging? Today, we'll hear from Latanya Wilkins, author of Leading Below the Surface, How to Build Real Relationships with People Who Are Different from You. Founder and CEO of Change Coaches, Latanya Wilkins is an executive coach who works with leaders and teams to create cultures of belonging. I'm Gwingdu Zhou, and you're listening to Here For You, the Helping Our Women radio show, where we discuss topics related to wellness and well-being. We're recording today's program at the Cape Cod Institute, where people working in mental health or coaching professions take week-long continuing education programs with experts from across the country. Welcome, Latanya Wilkins, and thank you for agreeing to an interview today. Great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I was looking at your website, Change Coaches, and I see your work has garnered the interest and engagement of organizations from GE to Google to the New York Times, and you're a sought-after speaker, so I imagine you have a lot of offers and invitations to teach. Can you tell us why you decided to teach at the Cape Cod Institute? Yeah, you know, actually, that's an interesting question. I was... uh... I was invited to teach by some of the leadership of the school. They had read my book, uh, Leading Below the Surface, and uh, then they got in touch with me. And I was able to look through Cape Cod Institute. I'd never heard of it. Um, No offense to the folks that are from the area, but uh, when I was reading through it, I really loved the vibe. I loved the uh, immersive approach. I am a avid outdoors person. I love hiking. I love camping. I love the ocean. And so it was uh, kind of a way for me to, to be, to, to provide an immersive learning environment in an area where we could also, also have an opportunity to be connected to nature. And I think nature, being in nature is a really good way to just find a way to open yourself up to, to truly open yourself up to some of these concepts. So I thought it was a great fit in that way. I also saw some of the other renowned leaders that have been here. And so I was very, I'm very honored to be here today and to be able to talk about um, something that's so important in the world today. So how have you been spending your time here on the Cape when you're not in the classroom teaching? Um, I do want to talk about your book and and about belonging, but would like to hear a little bit more about um, how you've been spending your time here on the Cape out in nature. Yeah, I wish I was doing more. We're we're doing more here soon. But um, I came with uh, my partner and also one of of my co-coaches, co-facilitators, and um, just being with my co-facilitator who I met uh, virtually in 2020, and now we are first, this is our first time meeting in real life. She drove from New York. So wow. just able to meet her. Um, I mean, we've, it's funny because uh, you're, you're, you're saying, wow, you're looking at me like it's something good, but we, I, I will tell you that virtual friendships have been pretty amazing. Just finding the people during the time when we were, um, at home and forced to be at home. Um, it doesn't feel any different in person. So it goes to show you that that's possible and that you can upkeep those and build those. Last night, uh, we went to the uh, ocean. We went to the uh, Coast Guard Beach. Uh, we've also um, are planning on going to Provincetown. I have been to Provincetown a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to go there uh, probably tomorrow night uh, and uh, do some whale watching and 
also just visit the town. I really like the town. Yeah. Oh, well, welcome and welcome back. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. I understand that this week, the course you're teaching is about belonging and, and looking at belonging through the dimensions of individuals, teams, and organizations. So when you talk to people or think about this word belonging, what are we talking about when we use that word belonging? Yeah, I mean, so the metaphor that I, I often use or analogy, whatever you want to call it, is that, uh, you know, basically imagine that uh, you're in a boardroom and that there are, you know, six or so chairs around that table. And if you feel like you truly belong in that, in your organization, not only can you pick that chair and people don't think that you're being competitive, um, you pick that chair, you can paint that chair any color that you want. You can move that chair any color that you want or any place that you want. And uh, when you're not in that chair, people miss you. You miss being in that chair and yeah. people miss your contribution. So there's a, there's a sense of interdependence, um, mm -hmm. like dually with the independence of, you know, who you are, your thinking. And so it's that, it's that healthy balance of those two concepts, right? And uh, no one's, again, no one's gonna take that chair. No one's gonna try to paint that a different color. No one's gonna try to break that chair. Uh, the interdependence part is, I think what's missing a lot in organizations where, for example, I've, I coach a lot of women executives, women CEOs um, in C-suite. And many of them, when they went, for example, on like a maternity leave, they're mm -hmm. not feeling like their chair is not gonna be filled when they're out. Um, and so that means that's a lack of belonging, right? Mm -hmm. uh, belonging is a human need. It's something that, that we all need. And another really interesting fact about belonging is it's, um, it's being demanded by the workplace and especially uh, by Gen Zs um, and all of us. It's in 2021, McKinsey did a study and it showed that the reason why most people were leaving their jobs during the great resignation was because of a lack of belonging. And so for the first time in history, we're starting to see that, that there's really no need to have a business case for it because it, it should be part of your organization and, and what you're working on. Um, so I really appreciate you highlighting that idea of the interdependence or rather than thinking about how do I as an individual belong to an organization or a group, that there's the piece of how the group is or organization is working with me to foster that. Right. that thing. Um, and so uh, I'm just wondering a little bit, you said that it's really important or something that we need for as individuals, as humans in, in society to have a, a sense of belonging, whether it's a family or friendships right. or families we create in an, organization you've just highlighted um the the reasons for um belonging and needing that sense but how do we recognize it in ourselves at, or at work um that that's a helpful metaphor about the the chair um and I can think of our staff coming together but how, how do we recognize what belonging looks like in, 
for individuals or, or on a team in an organization? Yeah, I mean, what, another concept I, I talk a lot about is psychological safety. And so it's, um, th these two terms are interrelated. Like if you, like, like psycho you need psychological safety to create belonging. It's a, it's, a, it's a means to create belonging. And so psychological safety, it's being able to speak up without uh, punishment. It's being able to make mistakes without punishment. Uh, and Amy Edmondson wrote my forward, my book, she talks a lot about psychological safety. I know she's, she also talks about some other things as well, just team effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And it's being able to recognize that your team is speaking up, that they're speaking up about difficult issues, that they are feeling valued for being different and that they're not trying to hide parts of themselves that, um, you know, parts of the, themselves instead of bringing those to work. And so it's... Uh, it's being able to recognize that, like, first of all, number one, do you have psychological safety? Uh, number two, um, one of the things I talk about in my book uh, is called, um, it's my own leadership research and my own leadership approach. And it's called real leadership. And it's uh, being relatable, equitable, aware, and loyal. Again, relatable, equitable, aware, and loyal. And um, it's asking yourself if these qualities are allowed on your team? Are these things being brought to your team to be able to recognize if, if you have a culture of belonging? The third thing I would say um, to, under, to see if you have a culture of belonging. So I, I always comment on how organizations do diversity backwards. Like mm -hmm. what I mean by that is first they'll hire the people that are different and then they'll work on the culture. But you have to work on the culture first. Yeah. Um, and to recognize if you have belonging or if you don't have belonging, I once worked for a fintech company. Uh, I worked with them as a coach and um, they were trying to create some diversity uh, within their um, C-suite. And mm -hmm. there was one position that we thought we had a really good opportunity with because there were a lot of women in this profession. I won't say too much about what it is because I'm trying mm -hmm. to preserve anonymity, but um, we posted this job like many different places where you know women, people of color, hang out or browse jobs per se. Um, we we hired uh, recruiters that um, you know they weren't just hiring for diversity or looking sourcing diverse candidates, but they were known to be able to have networks with diverse candidates. And yeah. this board still cannot, they just couldn't do it. They just could not attract uh, the people that they wanted um, uh, to, to be able to serve their clients in the future. Mm -hmm. And when we done some more deeping, when we did a little bit more digging, we saw that that's, that's why. It's because they had a lack of belonging. And, um, you know, they, they, get, they were getting angry and frustrated because they're like, well, you know, where do we start? You know, it's like the chicken and the egg. Like, what are we supposed to do? But the entire uh, leadership team was white guys and um, mm -hmm. they were interviewing basically, they were using all of them for interviews. And so then we started thinking about their, their interview process and yeah. how can we display that if someone that was different, um, how could we show them they could belong here? And so we had to revamp that process. So that's another way to see if you have a culture of belonging is if 
if you're not able to attract the people that you mm -hmm. want um, in order to um, kind of, for example, look like your clientele, then you probably don't have a culture of belonging. Gotcha. If you're just joining us, I'm Gwen Guzzo from Helping Our Women, and this is the How Radio program here for you. Today, we're talking with Latanya Wilkins about belonging and her book, Leading Below the Surface. So, uh, Latanya, what are some roadblocks to belonging that um, that you encounter in your work with different clients and different organizational settings? That's funny. We just talked about this today. I'm like here at the Institute and we talked a lot about this. I, I think the, the biggest roadblock are structures and systems. And I think, again, I, I mentioned about how belonging is now being demanded in the workplace. Um, there was a time that even when I studied in business school, uh, a lot of the management principles were really outdated. Um, and you know, I, I, I used to work for GE, you mentioned that earlier, but, um, and Jack Welsh was like the center of all the management principles that, yeah. that we learned about. Um, I call that the dominant leadership standard, which is mm -hmm. a standard that's outdated and it doesn't really work for our diverse workplace today. And so that's a big barrier. It's, yeah. um, what are these management principles? Like, and like meritocracies, like things like that, like meritocracies are very suppressive to people um, that are not in positions of power. And so uh, what does that look like, right? Um, like these structures that we, we, build, we build organizations on that, that are outdated. Um, you know, another one I'll comment on, I talked about this in class today, because I think a lot of people can relate to this example. All of you probably know about the uh, groundbreaking uh, Supreme Court decision that was made um, about, a, I, I mean, we're recording this in, in early August of 2023, um, mm -hmm. but this was this, this big decision that you can't use uh, race and admissions. And um, this is a fascinating case study for me because um, this is another thing, another barrier to belonging, because again, it's like, instead of fixing the structures and systems, again, that are keeping these people out or preventing people from not belonging, we're trying to put these loopholes in to get these people in these broken orgs where instead of fixing the, the structures themselves, right? And it's, uh, you know, it was the same for legacy. It just wasn't sustainable. So that's another right. barrier is um, instead of, you know, fixing the system, we try to fix the person to fit right. into that system, which is toxic. Yeah. And so those are just a couple. No, that's helpful to hear. And I'm reflecting in our small organization and with other nonprofit leaders where we've been looking at issues of and thinking about diversity with the word belonging right there, diversity, yeah. belonging, equity, and inclusion. Um, we've been thinking about, and, and one of the things I did recently was uh, a traditional job description for a full-time role at an agency that has only three full-time positions, um, so pretty tiny. Um, it requires or mentions a bachelor's degree. And we just, right. even just to make a shift in that to say mm -hmm. a high school diploma and then right. work experience or otherwise, and to look at applicants differently and to see, okay, here's someone who's been at the same place for seven years. That 
shows me loyalty to your point about real leadership and, and that for whatever reason, she stayed in that same place. And so invited her in for an interview in a way and, and looking at an application that I might not have looked at it the same way had I just stayed with the same old structure and not even questioned how is this process helping us or hindering us from bringing in and having conversations with a more diverse group of applicants. So um, that's one example from our small agency. Here on the Outer Cape, we serve four towns in the Outer Cape that are considered rural from a public health point of view at the federal level and the state level. And, um, you know, there people like to tell a story that having grown up on the Cape, there's always been economic diversity and there's been some racial diversity. And certainly though, the um, 2020 census shows um, what's been true for a while now, that many of the immigrants who've come to work from Jamaica have stayed and have acquired citizenship or permanent status here. And so we have um, in Provincetown, over 15% of um, the population, even in the census, and that's just who's in the census and has responded to the census, identifies as um, something other than white, as people of color. And so I, um, you know, really try to raise awareness about this because people often think um, we don't, you know, the Cape is so white or we don't have that many people of color here. And in fact, um, Provincetown is like the third or fourth most racially diverse town, according to census data on the Cape. And that's um, surprising to some people what I see and why I'm mentioning all this, I've been thinking about it recently as I prepare to, um, with with our team, open a, a second women's wellness resource center in, in East Ham. So we'll have one in Provincetown and one in East Ham. I've been realizing how many of the women that either uh, receive services from us that are from the Jamaican community or are simply living in the area are working in CNA, uh, certified nursing assistant roles um, in different places. And I've been thinking about how, how that is itself just a structure that where are the ramps that are clear for people who are working, whatever their background in those roles to move into a different position or a different role. And uh, I know the local community college is starting some additional professional development programs, but I, I see your point about the, the structures and the systems here that um, we see a lot of the people who've immigrated from Jamaica in particular, working either in those kind of support roles or in the hospitality industry and, and some owning and, and other businesses, certainly across the board at banks and, and every place. Um, but I see what you're saying about what we as an organization, not just our small one, but our colleagues and community partners could be trying to do to um, engage differently with communities that we serve and communities that we want to be um, hiring uh, from so that uh, we can better serve um, and reflect the community that we live in. 
Um, I don't know, as I share all that, what reflections you might have for, for some of the ideas that you're having and thinking about our listeners who certainly some may be sitting in C-suites and very large uh, global, if not national corporations, but many of our listeners are running small businesses. And so um, just thought I'd highlight some of that and, and see what thoughts or reflections you have as you listen to that little snippet of info from, from a leader here on the Outer Cape. I find all that fascinating. And so I, I, I will tell you um, what I thought was interesting is that, uh, you know, what you were saying about, and I don't know if I'm answering your question, so tell me if I'm not, but what you were saying about uh, the Cape. And um, so, like I said, I, I brought my partner and my wife, my partner with me, and I've been to Provincetown a couple of times. She's never been, but she, she did talk about the lack of diversity uh, where we are. And um, it, you know, the restrictions on where we can go and you, you can't freely, as freely roam down here as you can in province. Like I feel like Provincetown's a little bit more open. These beaches are a little bit more private. You know, you have to, there's a lot of uh, regulations around the beaches, like paying and, you know, you have to get there early and um, Provincetown just seems a little freer. Um, and so it's really good to hear. It's good to hear that, um, you know, it, it sounds like the Provincetown, you've gotten some, you know, diverse groups to live there and stay there and immigrate um, and feel okay um, building up their communities there. And it sounds like you're, you're, what that's telling me is whatever you did there worked. And so maybe that, you know, you talked about doing that in Eastham. And I think that's, that's a, uh, that's probably a wonderful idea. Again, I think it's, it's the structures and systems. I, I think one other thing that you said I'll comment on is you talked about getting rid of the requirements for a bachelor's degree. And that's another, uh, again, that's exactly what you wanna be doing is, um, you know, looking at the structures um, and evaluating, um, are you keeping people out, right? Mm -hmm. are, you, are your structures reinforcing um, the in-group bias, the affinity biases, the confirmation biases, and, and you getting rid of that requirement, like some people may think they might have a bias that people with degrees um, you know, are better, but a lot of times you don't need these degrees. I mean, I have two degrees. I mean, I have a master's, I have an MBA. Yeah, I need my degree for what I do. Um, for a lot of what I do, I use it, but that doesn't mean that, you know, for an entry-level role, you need to have a bachelor's degree, right? So, yeah, so, that, I mean, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but those were just some things that stuck out to me. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. That's what I was hoping for, just some <laughs> reflection that you had. Thank you. <laughs> So we talked about belonging in organizations. What, what can individuals do? What do you talk about um, for fostering a sense of belonging in your own life that even if, I mean, I guess it could be at work. I think of, you know, different faith communities I've been a part of, or then even friendship groups, right? So I wonder when you talk about and have written about belonging at the individual level, what do you talk about for individuals and how to be thinking about fostering this in their yeah. own mind? That's an excellent question. Thank you for asking me this question because I get asked a lot of the, you know, I work with a lot of, uh, you know, CEOs and, and business types. But um, so in 20, I think it was 2021, early 2021, um, I was, I launched my business in 2020, 2021, I was scaling it. And um, I got a project 
that wasn't a typical project for me. Um, and it was working with a, a synagogue in Houston um, that the rabbis um, wanted me to work with them and, and, their, and their, their, to create some belonging in their spiritual space that they were in. Um, I actually got this project from a, 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 someone I went to college with that's still a, a very good friend, college, like a childhood friend. And mm-hmm. um, she was like, I think you're the perfect. I was like, I don't know if this is for, if I should be doing this. She's like, no, you really should. And I will tell you that was one of the most meaningful projects I've ever done. And what does this have to do with personal belonging? Well, um, we did a lot of uh, what we call house meetings for uh, Jews of color. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just, it was really hard to hear their stories. I mean, I, I think all their stories were palpable to me. Like I could feel the pain. I could feel uh, the pain of the, of, the, of the young girl or the young teenager that, um, uh, or the young adult that said, hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm a black Jew and, and like black men don't want to date me because, you know, they're mostly Christian and they don't understand. Um, and it's really lonely and it, it makes me feel like, you know, I don't belong in this world. And that kind of got me thinking a lot about spiritual belonging, like in you talk about faith groups and so yeah. there's spiritual belonging. There's this, uh, there's this, you know, belong, home belonging, like belonging in your home. There mm-hmm. is this just belonging in the world, yeah. uh, the community around you. And uh, I, got, I got in a really deep discussion with one of the rabbis about this. And we've been talking about writing a paper about spiritual belonging and like do you belonging um, spiritually in any community. And so as far as working on this, it's um, really kind of getting uh, deeper and below the surface in, in yourself. And, um, not thinking, uh, for example, um, your role as, and this is a, one that's most accessible to me, but the role, your role maybe as a mom, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you might belong in your role as a mom, but I, I get, for example, these CEOs I coach, they're moms, and that they're like, well, who am I? <laughs> Where mm-hmm. do I belong? Well, yeah. I belong as a, as a mom, but I don't really feel like I belong in my house. Like, yeah. Like deeply, like for, for you know, authentically. And so, those are some of the things just to contemplate when you're thinking about, um, you know, how you belong. And I do like to call that spiritual and personal belonging. Um, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual, not necessarily in, in a religious way, but uh, spiritually belonging in, in the world um, around you and being able to, to have that um, there for you. So, yeah, so that, that is important. And I think um, if you have that in yourself, uh, and you're exploring that for yourself, it's, it's much easier for you to explore that with others. Um, yeah. And so like truly. That makes so much sense. Well, uh, we're coming to a close and for people who want to know more, uh, we're talking with Latanya Wilkins um, about the importance of belonging, not only in our work or volunteer lives, but in our individual lives. If listeners want to learn more, how can they find you or follow you, Latanya? Yeah, so a um, couple things. I'm uh, I'm at uh, changecoaches.io. That's the org that I run. If you want to learn more about the book, leadingbelowthesurface.com, it'll it'll take you uh, to the learning landing page. Um, we also have a podcast. Um, it's a Leading Below the Surface podcast, and I, I get deeper into a lot of the topics that I, I discussed today. That's really great. So leadingbelowthesurface.com or changecoaches.io is yep. the 
way to follow more and learn more about Latanya Wilkins, um, who's joined us today from the Cape Cod Institute. Um, thanks again for taking time from your afternoon to, to pause here. And I hope you um, have some fun on the beaches and, and your visit up in Provincetown. I'm Gwen Guzzo from Helping Our Women, and this is the How Radio Program here for you. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can find us on the web at helpingourwomen.org. Thanks again, Latanya. Thanks for having me, Gwen. Thank you.